Now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Praise God, everyone. We best honor our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus when we tell others that he is their Savior. When we proclaim the gospel of Jesus, it is Jesus' good news. Our Lord Jesus is the very author of the gospel. Without him, there is no gospel. He is a gospel itself. That good news is the fact that God came in our form in the person of Jesus Christ, and he went to the cross where he paid the price for our sin. The world has to hear this message. It is God's will that everyone hears this. It is God's will that everyone be saved. But in order for people to be saved, they have to hear this gospel. And God chose to use us to be his voice to tell them that he is their savior. This is described rightfully or best perhaps in the book of Matthew chapter 5 and verses 16 where it says, Let your light so shine before man. The light that we shine before man is that gospel, the gospel of Jesus. And yes, we do live our lives reflecting godliness and holiness and honesty and the different Christian characters, characteristics that we have, that we display to others. But mostly that light is the light of the gospel. Yes, there is the sense here of letting all others know that we are walking in with a sense of moral responsibility and by the grace of God, moral excellence. But it is all about the gospel. Telling others that Jesus is their savior. And the Holy Spirit, who sealed us with his presence, this is what he is doing. He's inside of us and he's using us towards this end. We have to ask ourselves, Father, what is my purpose? And this is what he's telling us. He's saying that your purpose is that you be light in this world. Let us pray. Father, Holy Spirit, thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you will open our hearts and minds to receive your truth. Speak to us, dear God. That which is absolute, that which is inspired, that which is God-breathed. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in Matthew chapter 5, and seeing the multitude... 
he, our Lord Jesus, went up into the mountain, and when he was sat, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. As we go through these, I want you to keep in mind that our Lord is telling us that he has blessed us, he will continue to bless us, but there is a purpose behind us. The purpose is so that our light will shine. The purpose is so that we will live to tell others about Jesus. It's not just a blessing that ends, but just the blessing. So Lord Jesus is saying to his disciples, yes, he will bless us, we who are, we who are poor in spirit. In other words, we, we don't have a spirit of arrogance, of know-it-all, of pride, but we come before the Lord humbly. That's our life, that's the way we live. And God says, I'm going to bless you and continue to bless you. What a glorious promise. And theirs is the kingdom of God. What a promise. And the idea there is our eternal relationship with God. We stand on that, don't we? And the Lord is reminding us here that we have to serve him with that spirit of humility. Blessed are they that mourn. If we take this to mean, yes, surely there may be times in our lives when we will go through sadness. But it is talking about those who come before the Lord and we have an attitude of repentance before the Lord. In the early church, we understand from the book of Acts that God's children were constantly in that attitude of repentance all the time. And the Lord tells us that if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. The truth is not in us, but when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Why? So that the Holy Spirit will continue to use us to let the light of the gospel go forth into this world. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We have no desire to accumulate mass amount of wealth. We have no desire for pragmatic thinking to store up and store up. Our desire, we know that, we know that our reward is in heaven. And that's where we are at. And the idea here of the meek is the gentle. It, it is, we as God's children, we have a gentle spirit before the Lord Jesus. The world does not understand that. The world that says you have to be loud and brash and you have to let your presence be made known and then you will be respected. God's children said no. Our Lord Jesus, he is fighting my battles. I don't have to behave with an attitude of arrogance and ignorance to prove some type of might. My rest and trust is in God. Amen. And sometimes people might misunderstand that. They think meekness is weakness. It's not. Meekness displays our complete rest and trust in God. And what a blessing. And God says we will inherit the earth. 
God will give us strength to do whatever God's desire to do while we are on this side of eternity. We don't have to fight for things because we are living to share the gospel message. The, our very attitude of meekness is so that the Holy Spirit, He keeps us there so that He can use us Amen. to tell others about Jesus. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for after righteousness, for they shall be filled. The devil is always telling people and the whole, and sometimes God's people, what to hunger for. Hunger for fame, hunger for prosperity, hunger for recognition, hunger for an image. As a pastor, hunger to get a name for yourself. I thank God that 30 years ago when the Lord called me into the pastorate, the Holy Spirit ministered in my spirit that I have to depend on the Lord and that my responsibility is to teach the word of God as I understand at that given moment. And then if there are other things, God will reveal those. To live and walk right before God. But then I have to hunger and thirst after the righteousness of Jesus, and not after anything, nothing else in this world. doesn't matter, because the world is perishing. And those things, they're all perishing. God's children will move away from letting our light shine, that is, living for the gospel, if we desire the other things. But when we desire the righteousness of Jesus, that's the grace of God. That's the Holy Spirit. And God, here is a glorious promise, for they shall be filled. Remember, our Lord Jesus himself is speaking this. God is speaking this to us. Jesus Christ, who is God, is giving us this assurance. The soul hungers for some sense of purpose. The soul is always saying, I need something to be felt. God is giving us the answer. Jesus is saying, you desire my righteousness and you will be it. You will be felt and you will feel and you will experience that sense of fulfillment in your life. We will have that sense of being, feeling, and understanding that we are complete in Christ, that we are satisfied in our relationship with Jesus. But we have to be actively seeking God. The Spirit will, God will give us His grace to do so. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The very, the very fact that God looked at us and the Bible says while we were yet in sin, God made his love known towards us. It's a display, a grand eternal display of the mercy of God. All of us, the Bible says, have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And yet God in his mercy, he came and he walked among us. We should never, ever, brothers and sisters, 
We should never think for one moment that we are saved because we have earned it. Neither is it right for us to think that when Jesus died, he died only for some, and I'm including in that, included in that number. That's not what Jesus himself said. Jesus says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for the world, that whosoever. And we don't understand all of why, all the questions as to why people are dying without hearing the gospel and those who hear the gospel and reject Jesus, why are they dying? We don't, we'll never have the answer for that, but make, make this a certainty and a surety in the truth, which is that the Bible says that Jesus atoned for the entire world. He gave himself a ransom. Jesus died for the entire world. And it is just by his mercy that we are saved. We heard the gospel. The spirit spoke into our hearts and we could have still said no. God give us that freedom. Just as he gave Adam who is made in absolute perfection. But he chose to say no. And disobey God. So we have this gospel message. The greatest light to the world. We go into the world and we say God is merciful. And he loves you. Right where you are at. The gospel message is a, is a message essentially that is displaying, the, that speaks about the love of God and the mercy of God. Yes. And we were out yesterday sharing the gospel message and we met people from different countries, didn't we? We met some men from Nepal and others from Nigeria and others from Bangladesh and they all heard the same gospel, that Jesus loves you. When we are merciful to others and we share the gospel, we experience the Holy Spirit nurturing the very mercy of Christ in our souls. That's what God is saying. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. When we live our life, a life of integrity, that's what we have to do. That's a choice, isn't it? When we purpose in our hearts to do what is right morally before God. When we are faced with decisions and we seek counsel and we read the word of God and God says this is what we have to do and we do it. We don't do it because it's a good idea. We don't do it because it's a cultural norm and practice. We do it because we understand this is what God says we should do. Yes. And even though we don't feel like doing it, even though we may be advised not to do it, 
even though we live in a culture that says, but you have a right? He said, no. I'm born again. I give my rights over to Jesus. Even though we know when we make that decision, there is a price to pay. You may make a decision to stand morally right and you're homeless tomorrow. Here is what Jesus says. Here is what God says. You are pure in heart. Because our light has to shine. And it can, it will, will, it will not be able to shine. The gospel can't go forth from us where there is impurity in the heart. You may be rejected. You may be despised by your own family. But God says, you remain pure in your heart. You make those decisions that I have taught you. That's what God is saying. We're not going to be influenced by culture and norm and practice or even those who claim to be so-called preachers. And what is the, what is the promise here? They, let's say together, they shall see God. I would rather see God in the morning when I get up. I'd rather see God in the evening when I go to bed in the nighttime. than to compromise. God wants us to be pure in heart. Godly in character. Because our lights have to shine. The light of the gospel has to shine. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Thank God for this. We don't have time to get into arguments and quarreling. We don't get any joy. We don't get any tingling in the soul. Anything that says it feels good to be in an argument. There is no entertainment in the soul for us for such thoughts or lifestyle whatsoever. We want to stand back and ask the Holy Spirit, make me a peacemaker. Whether that quarreling or that disunity is in a church, and yes, even at home, on the job, with family, ask the Holy Spirit. He will make us a peacemaker. Because our light has to shine. We want to let the gospel go forth from inside of us. God says, I'm going to bless you. What a wonderful thing. We anticipate God blessing, isn't it? For they shall be called children of God. We know that if we have to carry a label, what's the label? I'm a child of God. To those who delight in quarreling and claiming some right and having an attitude that says, I won. You may win such arguments, but I'd rather be, and for all of us, it is for us to say, I'd rather be a child of God. 
I'd rather be a child of God. You want the rights? Keep the rights. It's yours. But I'd rather be a child of God because I want the light of Jesus to shine through my life. What a glorious promise, isn't it? What an amazing, wonderful promise. Oh, that will destroy every attack of the enemy that comes against us. It's against the grain of our culture and our time where the behavior is always, put your hands up. No, Lord Jesus, make me a peacemaker because I'm your child. And I'm living to tell others that you are their savior. Blessed are the day which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, that is, the living for the gospel, doing what is right for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. All over the world, in this time in which we live, more believers are being persecuted than any other time, as we have been praying for Pastor Wang in China and others around in other nations around the world. Why are they enduring? Because they're anticipating something better in the future. What is it? The kingdom of heaven. So there is a great sense of comfort in our lives in knowing this. When we endure suffering, what matters is this. We may not have favor with the person who is coming against us, surely not. But we have favor with God. And that is what matters. Why? Because our light has to shine. The very one who is coming against us has to know Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. And that person has to be born again before they die. Otherwise it will be too late. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manners of evil against you falsely for my sake. How do we react to that? Verses 12, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. God says, as long as you choose to live godly, you will endure persecution. So it comes with living godly. If our master went to the cross, who are we? Not to endure suffering. But God says it's a, it's a blessing, saints. It's God's goodness in our hearts. There are times when people will insult us. There are times when people will come against us and they will do things to hurt us because we're standing for truth. People have a way when they do wrong things and there's a child of God doing what is pleasing to Jesus. They have a way of twisting it to make it appear that you are the wrong one and they're the right one. God says it's different. God says you're standing 
on what you know is right and pleasing to me. And that's where our strength comes from. Oh, we need and thank God for his spirit that gives us that moral courage in the time in which we live. To walk right before God. Because when we do that, here is a wonderful result. Here is the awesome, what is marvelous about that. God says in verses 13, you shall be salt of the earth. And if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden on the foot of man. Nations are kept because God's people choose to live and do what is morally right before him. Families are kept because sometimes one person chooses to honor the Lord. And in time you have breakthroughs in the darkness that may have embraced that family perhaps for generations. But because that one person in that household choose to do what is right before God in the midst of persecution. In the midst of being considered a cast out. Outside of the family. They did what was right. God says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hell cannot be hid. We are the light of Jesus, saints. God has us in display. And we represent Jesus himself. Nothing in this world attracts us anymore. Because we represent represent Jesus. We are his ambassadors. The spirit of grace gives us strength. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in a house. That's why we light a candle. And here is the amazing thing God is saying to us Jesus is saying, You are my candle. In the world of darkness, you are my candle. We don't have to think much to know how horrible the world is today. We don't have to even wait a generation to see the decline. Sometimes I think it's not even every decade. It seems as though it's year after year. You can just see how it's falling apart. The moral decadence in society. People turning away from God. People being selfish. Even those in the church using the name of Jesus for selfish gain. Exploiting people. Lying to people. Confusing people. In the midst of all of that, hear what Jesus says. In that world of darkness, you are my light. You are displaying my mercy and grace to the world. What a blessing, saints. 
What a blessing. And then we finish with this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's read verses 16 together. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Yes, people will see your good deeds. But it does not end here. Our light will shine before men in that we are living out the light of the gospel. And here is what they will see. They will see that we are best honoring God. We are best honoring him because we are willing to surrender our lives to Jesus. And God says God will touch people's hearts. God is best honored. The Holy Spirit. Yesterday we went out evangelizing. And people heard the gospel. I had one man said to me, he says, that's not my belief. We believe in in Jesus. But we don't believe that he is Messiah. And I listened to him and I said, well, I thank you for listening to me and having this conversation. But Jesus is God. And he loves you. And he is Messiah. And he took the word that I give him. And as I walk away, I'm praying, oh, Holy Ghost, thank you, Jesus. And I look back after a few minutes and I see he opened it, and he's reading. And I can see that battle happening inside of him. And I see, looking his mannerism, he puts it away. Five minutes, ten minutes after, I'm looking across a good distance then from him. He goes and he opens it out, and he takes it out again. And he's reading it. Back and forth, he's going like that. Jesus loves him. For him, Jesus left heaven and came on this earth. If he was the last, if he was the only man alive, Jesus would have come and died for him. The light of the gospel. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit inside of us allows us to experience all of these blessings inside of us. Thank you, Jesus. And God's truth always sets us free. We're living a life of blessing, isn't it? These spiritual blessings. God says, I'll bless you with every spiritual blessing. For those who are listening, and Simon Audio, thank you. We invite you into Suitland Road into our church. It's a Bible church. The glorious gospel message. Jesus loves you. Jesus went to the cross and he died for you. He is merciful. 
And he wants you to come to him today only by faith. That's the only way you can come to him, by faith. But this is the light that you heard in this sermon today. There's the light of the gospel. So we're going to pray and we ask you to pray with us. But believe in your heart. And we will pray right along with you. Wherever you may be in the world today. This is a glorious gospel message. The truth that Jesus loves you. Let us pray. Father in heaven. In the name of Jesus. We come before you. Lord Jesus. By faith. I accept you. As my Lord. And my Savior. I believe. That you came in this world. You went to the cross. You were crucified. You died. You were buried. And you rose again. To pay the price. For my sin. Lord Jesus. I confess. You are the Christ. The Son of God. Thank you. For saving me. In Jesus name. I pray believing. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Was left.